In a world where chaos ruled and terror stalked the land, two men arose to fight the real fight no one ever expected. The summer blockbuster you can't afford to miss. This is the new Teacher Hotline. Hey there, and welcome to the new Teacher Hotline. It's episode 14. We're glad you're here. And let's say who we are so that you know who's glad. Yeah, well, I'm Glenn Moulton, and I'm the resident teaching expert. Exactly. And my name is Mike Kelly, the director of test prep for ABCTE, American Board for Certification of Teacher Excellence. And I couldn't be happier that you're here listening to us. I couldn't be happier to be in your ear. Yeah, but who are they? They are, well, you know who you are out there. Yes, and we've got lots of emails from you, and that's a good thing. So thank you very much for that. We do read every one of them. In fact, we're going to answer one tonight, right? Indeed. Okay. And you know we should keep plugging that email address. What is it? (laughs) Thank you for that setup. (laughs) What is it, Bob? (laughs) If you well, you can visit our website at www.newteacherhotline.com. We have a website, huh? We do. It's delightful. It's got URLs and hyperlinks. You know, all the important things that yeah. a website has. Yeah, whatever that is. To be on yeah. the internets. And we also have a, uh, an email address. And the email address is newteacherhotline at gmail, G-M-A-I-L dot com. And you can reach us electronically either way. Actually, we're going we're gonna to twist things around a little bit tonight. We're going to go topsy-turvy. Uh-oh. Right. And we're going to do an email first. Oh, okay. yeah. that's going to throw us off, isn't it? We'll see. You've got mail. Well, this email comes to us from, let me see, I don't have a regular name, so I'm just going to say Teacher X. Do we know where it's from? From Gmail. Okay. Do we know where Teacher X is from? I don't think so, no. Okay. Well, this is to all of you out there. There could be clues, though. (laughs) Listen carefully. Yes. Here we go. I have one kid who is completely out of control. He is wild, disrespectful, noisy, disobedient, and bothers the other kids. He doesn't listen to a word I say, even if I'm offering him a reward for something. I know he is able to listen because there are times when he does and listens to his male teachers. I am his only female teacher. He is in the process of special ed evaluation. I'm 90% sure he has ADHD plus other issues, but right now he has no services. This is a long letter, so I'm going to keep going. Okay, let's keep going. Put it on your listening ears. All right. Okay, ready? I have a behavior system in my special ed class that includes both time-based and incidental awards and consequences such as losing reward points, minutes off recess to complete work not done in class due to disobedience, not inability, time out for the purposes of calming down and not disturbing the class, and the trump card being sent to the principal, whom all the kids are afraid of. He's had it all, both positive and negative, he being the child, but his behavior hasn't changed for the better at all. When I inform him of his choices... You know, come back to class, be quiet, keep his hands or feet off the other kids. And if he doesn't do that, I threaten to take him to the principal. He promises to behave, but he doesn't. At that point, I tell him there's no third chance, and he puts up a royal fuss. I call him the principal. He takes the kid out for a while, brings him back, looking penitent. Ten minutes later, it's as if nothing has happened. When I offer him another trip to the principal, he says he doesn't want to go, and will do what he has to do to stay in class, but forgets or loses control awfully quickly. Uh Uh-huh. He's disruptive to mess up my whole class. The kids who are ready to learn can't hear a word I'm saying and get very frustrated. He messes up materials, physically bothers the other kids, 
reference back to the feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and this disruptive presence takes away from the behavioral structure the kids need so badly, making them nervous and hyper, in addition to undermining my authority since I have no control over them. I don't know how I'm going to face this class tomorrow. God, please let him be absent. Whoa. Wow. That's really in there? That is the last sentence. And I have had that thought before. Oh, yeah. So have I. So have I. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Well, <laughs> okay. Let's go through the easy. Oh, thank you. I felt a baton in my hand just then. <laughs> well, here's, here's what I would do. We got to. We got to recognize what we're dealing with here. Right. Here's what it sounds like. We have a teacher who's trying very hard, who has a discipline plan in place. That uh, is exactly what I was going to say. Right. I think what I heard you read is that she has utilized both positive and negative uh, reinforcements, mm-hmm. has tried a number of things, including a trip to the principal. And as a last resort, she indicated that was the last resort. Right. Okay, so... And the other thing I want to point out, too, not to interrupt you, yeah. but is that this is an isolated incident. So she's noticing a difference between her classes when the kid is there and when the kid is not there. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this is endemic to all our classes. None of her classes are under control. Right. It sounds like this one kid is just buttonheads. One, one student in one class is ruining it for everybody. Right. Okay, that's typical. I mean, that's we have that. Mm-hmm. Now, the that, one thing I didn't see in here was a, a phone call to parents. Right. For some reason, for me, that was the one thing that I had the most trouble doing, whether it's because of scheduling or because, you know, it's, you don't know what's going to happen when you call home. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. So I think I would ask if parents have been involved. Right. Because that's got be, to be in that progressive step before the principal. Oh, I agree. Or at some point in there. Right. Uh, it depends on the severity of uh, the issue. Sometimes right. you have to call the principal because there's a fight or something like that. Right, but, right. Uh, you're right. Typically, uh, the parents need to be involved, and they're a powerful player in the team. Mm-hmm. And, of course, one of the best ways is a phone call. And for more uh, serious situations, then the parent needs to come into the school and sit down with the teacher, perhaps an administrator, perhaps a guidance counselor, and let's come up with a plan. So let's say for the sake of argument, she's done that. Okay. She probably did, and just didn't include because it looks like she's got a good foundation. Yeah, okay. So let's assume she has. Or that maybe... This is a situation where parents aren't really playing a role, maybe. you know. I mean, worst yep. case, this could be a foster child or something mm-hmm. that's got no uh, real connection. Maybe or both parents are working parents and, right. or both parents are aloof or, you know, we have situations, situations where right. the parents aren't around. So mm-hmm. uh, any, of those, any of those scenarios would be bad. So let's knock okay. that one out. And just, okay. So let's say that the parent, if there is one present, has been involved and the situation is still um, out of control at, t- on t- at times. Right. Okay, so what else can a teacher do? Well, if there is a uh, an alternatives classroom or an in-school, I wouldn't say suspension, but an in-school timeout, perhaps that's an option. But e- eventually you might get to the point where you've tried everything and your principal has tried everything. It might be the point where you've just got to call in special help. Yeah, it sounds like the only thing that affects this kid at all is the principal. And it was interesting when she said that all the kids are afraid of the principal. I would, it makes me wonder why. You know, is the principal just really tough? Is the principal just really aggressive about you know, bad behavior? What is it about the principal? Is it just that the kid realizes the principal is at the end of the line? Like if he crosses the principal, then he's really screwed up, and that now he's going to get out-of-school suspension, in-school suspension, expulsion. I mean, what is it that makes the principal a threat? Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, I guess I would also wonder, has she been in to talk to the principal and say, he is afraid to talk to you? But five minutes after you're gone, it's right back to the same thing. You know, can we do something and try to involve 
him or her in the right. plan. Right. I'm assuming it's him, but I, you know, it's equally it could be a her principal. Right. And the, the principal may be the, the special service that this child needs. Something, some sort of teamwork between the teacher and the principal, hopefully the teacher, parent, and the principal. But you know what? There are occasions that go beyond that. In other words, some students going to the principal after five or six times, it's not a big deal anymore. They're not afraid of the principal, and it's not effective. There are cases where there may be medical problems or family problems or just community problems that are affecting this child in such a way that they're never going to behave. And in some cases, that child needs to be referred to uh, a professional in that area, whether it's a guidance counselor or someone in your pupil services or special services that can look at this child and say, you know what, this child needs something more than what the classroom teacher is able to provide. Right now she says that he's being evaluated for special ed, but right now he has no services. So so she's got that happening, but you think maybe this might not just be a special ed issue. This might be something that stretches beyond that. I think it's worthy of an investigation, given the detail that she's put into the email, which is, you know, quite lengthy. Mm-hmm. It appears as if she has tried a number of things and is at wit's end. And apparently the, the principle is only moderately effective. I mean, if, if the child's back doing the same behavior within minutes, then that's not really a deterrent anymore. Perhaps the child needs something more than the school can offer. So where would you tell her to go? Now, you mentioned well, guidance office. You know, there's typically there's somebody um, within the district or the school system, and sometimes within the school whose responsibility is dealing with a, a child that just doesn't want to fit in. So and a, that's a troubled the, kid. Yeah, troubled child. And uh, Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. There no. are times when, no matter how good a disciplinarian you are, you're not going to be able to control a kid. It may, I mean, if it's, it could be emotional, it could be chemical, any of these things, and you really shouldn't take that to heart. Right. And, yeah, don't take it personal. It could have been something that happened in a community. Uh, there are a lot of cases where the parents are having problems. It does affect the child, and they are going to bring that baggage into the classroom. And unless you deal with that, uh, you're going to have a problem. Sometimes the teacher is equipped to deal with some of these outside problems, and sometimes they're not. So it just sounds like one of the latter. Well, it sounds like she needs help. Right. It sounds and, like she's done all she can do. Right. Uh, it sounds like it. Now we've brought up talking with the parents and you know a few other things. Right, and right. Our assumption is that that she has done all that. Mm-hmm. Again, this may be the situation where you have a special child that that needs special attention. Don't be afraid to call in help. I think that's a good answer. You like that one? You feel like that wraps it up? All right. Well, well you know we we can say it wraps it up. Hey, I think that'll do it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the email segment ends right now. No, no, it actually doesn't because we're going to carry that over into our normal segment. Yeah. We yeah. haven't done it for a couple of weeks. Right. I we like have, this We've part. only done it once. Let's do the Fatal Five. Lock the windows and bolt the doors. It's time for the Fatal Five. What is our topic for today? Our topic for today is, and it's born from this email. Yes, it is. It will be, what are the five worst things you can do (laughs) as a teacher if a kid acts really badly in class? Okay, so let me get this right. This This is is what you shouldn't do if you're a teacher. The five worst things. It's the five most fatal (laughs) things that that you can do if a kid acts all of a sudden. In my mind, I'm picturing this as an incident. Mm -hmm. Incident happens. It's huge. And then spotlight on you. What right. are you going to do? And these are the five things. 
that you don't want to do. You shouldn't do because if you do them, it's going to get worse. And it's not the only five things. Oh, yeah. These, these are, are just, just the five that we came up with yeah. before we started recording. There we go. Right. That's how we do things. All right. Do you want to start? I can. Okay. Uh, we want to start with our... Number five. What's no, the fifth? Start with number five. All right. Okay. The fifth worst thing that you can do if a kid acts poorly in class. Uh, I think lose control. Lose control. We're going to write it in stone. Number five. Lose control. Okay. What do you mean by lose control? Uh, well, yell, scream, run around the room. You okay. know. <laughs> I would classify. I would agree. I would classify <laughs> as lose control unless you're a jogger. Right, right. And it's gym. And, and I would say that you are not allowed to use uh, foul language. Is that? And I wouldn't throw anything. <laughs> These are all classified as losing control. Right. Uh, when the teacher loses control, it's a bad thing, but also affects the whole class and really kind of defeats the whole purpose of discipline. Right. If you're going to go bananas every time you're upset, so will they. You're setting an example that, mm-hmm. yeah, that that's acceptable behavior. And what we're learning today is that it's not. Right. <laughs> I'm glad we said that because I always assumed that was okay. If, if you want to make a bad situation worse, lose control. Right. Freak okay. out. Right. All right, so let's move on to the number four. All right, what is number four? The number four worst thing you can do, according to us, yeah. <laughs> is overreact. Oh, yeah, I like that one. This is more subtle than lose control, because if you're running around the room, everybody knows you've lost control. Right. But you have to react. So how? what is overreacting? What, what classifies that as overreacting? This would be when you are making a mountain out of a molehill. All right. And the child is doing something that's, okay, yes, it's... Breaking the rules, but it's it would be a, a misdemeanor offense as opposed to a felony. But you treat it like it's the end of the world. You're using all of your strategies on a very small instance, which leaves you vulnerable when something big happens because you've already used it. Right. right. Your entire... You haven't system. saved anything for the big one. And plus, the kids are going to look at you and say, well... Well, that was really rude, or that was really inappropriate. Right, exactly. And is that the way you would want a student in your class to react to someone? And the other thing that um, you have to consider is that if you're overreacting towards an individual student, even though the student was wrong, was bad, if you overreact, the other students start feeling sympathetic towards that student. You've martyred them. That's right, and now you're the enemy, and they feel sorry and want to help the a student who is in deserve, uh, deserves punishment. Mm-hmm. So they've turned the tables on you. Actually, you've turned the tables on yourself. Yeah, that's a very good point. One of the things, and this goes back to lose control and overreact, the old adage about counting to 10 before you react to a bad situation, I don't know if you need to go all the way to 10, but you do need to take a moment and think it through and make sure that you're in control uh, before you react. Right, and you don't want to go back and apologize later and say, well, I didn't mean that. Right. You know, if you're going to say something, say exactly what you mean mm-hmm. to say. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Don't just start talking and hope the right thing comes out. <laughs> <laughs> say a bunch of words and hope the right ones are in there somewhere, right? <laughs> right. That's never worked for me. But I it still try. what we're doing now, kind of, right? <laughs> Let's quickly move to number three. This is one where um, a teacher might decide to punish the whole class for the uh, – Bad decisions of one student. Okay, so in other words, we're going to everybody pay. They're all going to stay in for recess because you know Glenn forgot to sharpen his pencil. Yeah, the so, super aggressive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. you're, you're all going to get it. I've told you know Glenn to act right, and he's still acting bad. So you're all going to stay and not have lunch today. 
And there's so many things that bother me. But this one just irks me. Mm-hmm. I think it's because this is, this is what someone does who's afraid to confront bad behavior. And they figure they're being extra tough by punishing everyone. But really what they're doing is they're hoping the class will chastise the student or somehow get angry at the student. And that peer pressure will make them behave right. Well, the peer pressure is one thing. What would worry me is as soon as uh, the child or the, the class is out of the sight of the teacher, what the rest of the students might do to the offending student. Right. You're, In other you're, words, you're, you're bad. Like mob justice. Right. Yeah. You made us miss resets. I'm going to hit you. And, you know, they have a fight. Yeah, I don't like that. And, and there's also a passive-aggressive way mm-hmm. that, that teachers do this. And, again, it's an abdication of your responsibility. You could mm-hmm. say, all right, let's say there's this one kid who's never turning his homework in on time. You could go to that kid and say, you're not turning your homework in on time. If you continue to do this, I'm going to have to start lowering your grades. I'm going to have to start enforcing my previously established homework policy, mm-hmm. which I've been maybe letting you slide on, but you know, I'm going to hold you to it now. Right. But instead of doing that, they say, from now on, anyone who turns their homework in late is going to get a zero for homework for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And they've punished the entire class by setting an unreasonable rule because they weren't willing to confront that one kid. Right. They do that. The, the bottom line is the teacher needs to confront the individual student right. and not punish the whole class. Right. It's just not going to work. Either aggressively or passive aggressively, just deal with it head mm-hmm. on, right? I agree. I agree. So let's move on to the number two worst thing you could The second worst thing you can do faced with an insubordinate student would be to act like an insubordinate student. Hmm. You mean act like the child? Right, to act like a kid, <laughs> not act like an adult. <laughs> By acting like a child, they're saying, I'm going to throw away this mantle that I've been granted of being in charge of this class, and I'm just going to act like you guys. Mm-hmm. The authority that a teacher normally has is forfeited when the teacher acts like a child. And the students pick up on it right away. Even the youngest students will think, my teacher's acting like one of us, and the the respect factor goes down. Once that happens, it's difficult to get it back. And that can happen like with sarcasm, if somebody responds sarcastically to you. Mm -hmm. That's right. The teacher becomes the enemy, and the, the, the students are unwilling to a lot of times open up in class because they don't want the teacher to you know focus on them because that's ugly and you just made it a free-for-all battle royale right man standing in there whoever's got the sharpest tongue or the sharpest wit they're Mm -hmm. the ones that'll succeed in class at the expense of everybody else right so it's important for the for the teacher to remain the adult in class Mm -hmm. and to what, have control of the class by enforcing class rules in a professional manner? That, that sounds safe? like things we've said in the past. Oh, okay. That sounds like, <laughs> That's where I got it from. <laughs> that sounds like best practices. Oh. <laughs> so we're up to the number one thing. I think ignoring the situation. So the worst thing you can do in a bad situation is yes, ignore it. it's not even there. Right. Because what happens? If you ignore it and you're a teacher, what happens to the situation? Well, the problem gets louder. It does, and it might spread Mm -hmm. so that uh, the one person who's causing the problem may be just the center of a concentric ring that forms around them, and then another concentric ring forms around them, and before long, what? The whole class. You become the target, right, with the concentric rings? Uh The the whole class is in an uproar, and it looks like a jailbreak rather than a, a classroom. And, uh, you know, you've lost control. So the worst thing is to ignore the situation. And this is tough for new teachers sometimes uh, to decide when to enforce the rules and when not to. Well, the, the bottom line is you enforce the rules all the time. 
the gray area becomes, well, is this child really breaking the rule or, you know, are they just on the edge? Are right, you want to pick your battles? That's what I was Absolutely. Pick the battles. And one of the bottom lines for me as a teacher was, is that child's behavior disturbing anyone else? If so, it's clearly inappropriate. Is the child's, That's a good watermark. Yeah. yeah. Is the child's behavior uh, preventing the child from learning? Are they keeping themselves from learning? If so, it's clearly inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Now, some of it may be temporary where, you know, a child just needs to say something to another student and then they're back on task. Okay, you let that go. But if it becomes a lengthy conversation, then no, you've, you've just got to address it. Right. If you've got a kid who's not paying attention, they're usually not well behaved, but they're not paying attention, you might say, oh, well, at least they're not being loud. I'm just going to ignore this violation of the rules, mm-hmm. that they're not paying attention, they're not participating, they're not doing the class activity, because at least I don't have to deal with it. And there's always somebody else in the class who wants to talk. Mm-hmm. So if they see that another student is getting away with it or an inappropriate behavior, guess what? As long as somebody else is doing it, how can the teacher isolate me? That is exactly the words you use, too. You say, John, come on, let's get to work. Well, Tim's not. Exactly. He doesn't have to work. Why do I have to work? Exactly. And, you know, a lot of the students are just junior lawyers, <laughs> and they'll figure out a way to transfer the guilt to somebody else. And, you know, that's why it's it's very, very bad to ignore the situation. All right, so let's review the all five of the fatal five. Okay. The five worst things that you can do. Do you want to run down? Number five. Lose control. Number four. Overreact. Number three. Punish the whole class. Number two. And respond like a child instead of like a teacher. Number one. Ignore the problem. That's right. I I got all five, didn't I? I love the fatal five. (laughs) We're going to have to come up with a a positive five because the fatal five always sounds so dangerous. I know, but they're fun, though. They are fun. (laughs) They are fun. Hopefully they're fun for the listeners, too. But we have fun doing this, and I hope that uh, they have fun listening to us. And you can let us know if you have fun Mm -hmm. listening by Mm -hmm. sending us an email at the aforementioned email address newteacherhotline at gmail.com. Send us your comments. Send us your questions. Are you saying G as in Glenn? Yes, Gmail. Gmail. G-M-A-I-L. G-M-A-I-L. Well, we do appreciate the ones that we've received, and, uh, you know, keep sending them in. We use them. Uh, We run out of good ideas. That's why we rely on our our listeners to give us the good ideas, and we go Giving away the store. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. The whole show today came from this really good email. It did. So thank you, person who didn't sign it, because that was really good. I wish wish they would have given us something. That way we could recognize who they are and where they're from. You know, we don't have to identify exactly who they are, but sometimes it would be helpful to know. Well, I think I'm headed to the faculty lounge. All right. I'll clean up here, and I'll meet you there. Missed an episode or two? www.newteacherhotline.com past episodes, message boards, and uh, other stuff. Go there now. You know you want to. All the cool kids are doing it. The New Teacher Hotline is presented every two weeks by the American Board for Certification of Teacher Excellence. Look us up online at www.abcte.org. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the American Board for Certification of Teacher Excellence. In fact, ABCTE makes no claim that downloading this podcast will even be worth your time. But, you know, we we hope it is. Our theme song is courtesy of Van Davis at www.vandavis.com. Thanks for listening. So what are we going to do next time? 
Oh, you're asking a lot. That's four planning. I know. We don't do that very well. (laughs) Well, I think some more emails. Or at all. (laughs) (laughs) You're throwing me under the bus, Glenn. (laughs) 